It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 Three one three eight one four five six seven, or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And we welcome you to the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, October eleventh, two 2012. Thank you for being a part of the program tonight. Those of you that are, the crowd is down tonight. My dad, Greg Gwynn, is here. Hello, Dan. Jacob, great to be with you tonight. We're looking forward to our discussion, although, as you said, we have a pretty small audience tonight. I see a few more sneaking in the chat room there. So I think there's a big uh, political... Don't, don't, don't say anything about it. We don't want the people that are here. Well, to... everybody knows. They've been okay. talking about it all week, the big president, vice presidential debate tonight. And I think a lot of people are interested. For some reason, that debate in particular has garnered a lot of interest. Yeah. And so I imagine several are listening to that live. So maybe we'll have a few additional ones picking us up by podcast or in the archives. And we have another uh, listener and helper tonight. Anthony's behind the controls on the Anthony Cam tonight. Anthony, welcome to the Virtual Bible Study. Hey, thanks for having me. I went ahead. Since you mentioned the Anthony Cam, I, I did throw up the Anthony Cam there for a second. Okay, Usually good. I shy away from it. All right, we're <laughs> going to use it tonight. All right, we look forward to hearing from you at 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com and in the chat room if you're watching us live tonight. Uh, we look forward to hearing your comments there. David, before we get into our topic for tonight, why don't you tell us about what we got coming up next week? Because we want okay. to kind of advertise that and get get a, a good crowd uh, for what I think should be an interesting discussion. We do. Next week, we're looking forward to a Unitarian Universalist uh, minister from Nashville that will join us. Uh, she's agreed to come and tell us about her beliefs and their practices up there. So, uh, she actually going to come here? No, no, no. She's oh, going to be on the phone. Okay. I'm sorry. She'll okay. be on the phone. Uh, and uh, we'll talk about that. That, that is a, that's a, a denomination that you've heard about you, for a you long know, time. I've, in all the years that I've been preaching and studying with people about the Bible, I've never encountered or talked with a Unitarian Universalist member, let alone preacher. I just that's that'll be a completely new experience for me. And in this part of the country, I think it's a very uh, they're they're few in number. Yeah. Uh, up in the Northeast, I think there's more. It's more common. And uh, and so uh, she is uh, working with a group that's growing in number actually in Tennessee. And so yeah. she'll tell us about that. Anthony, you mentioned last night when we were talking about this uh, in the news. Do you remember just two or three years ago there was a a, a guy attacked uh, a a church and and shot several people yes. in Knoxville yes. and that was a Unitarian Universalist okay. church. That's uh, that, that was my last recollection of anything about that organization. Okay, well, we'll yeah, well, okay, that's good. That's interesting. That's next week, uh, Thursday the 18th. We we'll look forward to to that discussion, and then uh, we also have something to announce for the week following. Okay, starting Sunday the 21st and running through Friday night the 26th. Uh, we've got a gospel meeting here at College View. We'll be meeting on Sunday, our regular morning times, 9.30, 10.30. in the afternoon, we'll sing for a half hour. 3 o'clock in the afternoon, we'll have our evening service. And then Monday through Friday, we'll be uh, at 7 o'clock each evening. So any and everybody in the Middle Tennessee area, if you're within driving distance of College View, please come and join us. Our theme for that week, I think, is interesting. It should be informative. Okay. We're asking the question, what makes the Church of Christ different? Uh-huh. And we've assigned to our different speakers. We have a different speaker every day. We've assigned to our different speakers 
a, a particular concept that we believe makes the Church of Christ different than other religious organizations that exist in, in this area and around the world, we believe that there, there is a difference, and it's a, it's a significant one. So we're going to try to identify that. Okay. Thurs, Thursday night, mm-hmm. we'll, as we usually do when we're having a gospel meeting here, mm-hmm. the visiting preacher will join us immediately at the close of services, uh, and the, the, the speaker that night will be Chris Bates. He's been on our program several times in the past. Mm-hmm. Chris used to preach here in Middle Tennessee. He's now down in North Alabama, but he's going to be here to preach on the unique worship mm-hmm. that the Church of Christ uh, engages. We believe that there are certain aspects of our worship. We're not saying we're bizarre or off the chart weird, but we believe that there are certain aspects of our worship right. that are different than some, and for a reason. We're okay. trying to follow the biblical pattern. Chris is going to preach about that, and I think what we typically do is we just take his concepts of the sermon and we'll yep. talk about them. So we're talking about basically the worship of the Lord's Church on that night, two weeks from tonight. All right. If you need uh, directions, visit our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com, to find directions to our meeting place. If you are in the Middle Tennessee area and maybe you wonder, what is the Church of Christ all about? Uh, this would be a great opportunity for you to find out more. And so uh, we look forward to you joining us. If you're not in the Middle Tennessee area and you'd still like to hear these lessons, uh, let us know via email, questions at collegeview.com, and we can make the audio available to you. And we just might podcast those sermons as well. It might be a good thing to put on the podcast feed. Uh, so you might want to check it out there as well. But if you're in the Middle Tennessee area, the best way for you to find out is to yeah, we'd love to have come, you visit. come and visit. And Jacob, you you've got a preaching appointment coming up tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, yep. yeah, Shelbyville, Shelbyville, El Bethel El congregation Bethel. Uh-huh. in right. Shelbyville, seven o'clock, seven tomorrow o'clock night. tomorrow night. All right. So anybody yeah. in the Shelbyville area, hear Jacob preach tomorrow night at El Bethel. Okay. All right. So our right, topic. good topic for tonight, and an important topic. Uh, a sadly, a very important topic. Right, we're going to talk about the sin of sexual immorality. Uh, it's, I think it's an important topic, Jacob, because this is a problem. I think it's increasing exponentially in our society. Yep. The sins of sexual immorality, it's, it's affecting so many things. It's affecting personal lives. It's affecting families. Uh, it's affecting the church. Right. It, uh, many in the church have fallen victim to sins of sexual immorality. It's certainly plaguing our youth. It's affecting our communities and and the nation and the world, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just a huge problem. I think it's getting worse, and we'll talk as we go along tonight about maybe some of the factors that make it worse. Um, But just real quickly, I would say certainly modern media has multiplied the problem. Uh, Just before we went on the air, we were talking about a problem right here in one of our local communities where some high school students uh, with a very bright and promising future have have lost that future opportunity mm-hmm. now because of perverted sexual activities uh, and it's it's just a it's just a, a terrible shame uh, uh, and it's a very big problem we got to talk about it all right we want to talk about it tonight with you at 877-381-4567 questions at collegeview.com or in the chat room. If you're not signed in in the chat room, it's very simple to do so. You sent out some questions earlier today on this topic, and uh, we're looking forward to feedback on those. All right, so we start out. Here's our questions. Uh, always remind you, get on our update list if you're not. Send us an email to questions at collegeview.com. Say, put me on the list. We'll do it. Here's the questions we sent out earlier today. We always, about midday on Thursday, send out the topic for discussion on Thursday night and some some questions that we'll try to pursue in the course of the discussion. Yeah, it's very simple to get on the list, and uh, there's no spam associated. If you'd like to stay abreast of what's going on, 
with the virtual Bible study. Yeah, so here's the questions we sent out today. Number one, just a little bit of a technical start. We want to make sure we mm-hmm. understand a word in the New Testament. I ask, what's the accurate translation of pornea? Okay. That's the Greek word, and it's translated, by the way, as fornication in the mm-hmm. King James Version. But, mm-hmm. you know, I even think the word fornication is a word that most people probably are not real familiar with. It's not a word commonly used in English right. conversation. So we'll talk about that. Number one, what is the accurate translation it, of pornea? Well, all right, okay. okay. Number two, what are some of the devastating effects of the sins of sexual immorality? Mm-hmm. Number three, what are some of the things that increase the temptations to commit sexual immorality? Mm-hmm. Number four, what things can a person do to avoid sexual immorality? Mm-hmm. And then number five, what lessons can be learned from the examples of Joseph in Genesis 39, and David in Second Samuel chapters 11 and 12. And maybe our listeners have some other examples they could throw in there as well. Yeah, you might think of some other Bible stories that teach yeah. us valuable lessons right. about sexual immorality. So, okay. so let's start out with the first one. Okay. Again, it's just a, it, we'll just want to make a quick point, uh, make sure we understand the word. The Greek word is pornea. If you were going to anglicize the spelling of that, it would be P-O-R-N-E-I-A, pornea. Okay. Uh, you, you can probably see in that root, pornography mm-hmm. comes from that mm-hmm. from that Greek root. Mm-hmm. Uh, our King James Version translates it as fornication. Mm-hmm. A lot of newer English translations are going away from the word fornication, and they're using the word sexual immorality. Mm-hmm. Now, I think there's actually kind of a problem with that. Okay. Because I believe that's too general of a definition of fornication or pornea. Uh, Sexual immorality, I mean, there are a lot of things that are immoral and are connected with sexual things Mm -hmm. that are not fornication, not pornea. The the Greek word pornea uh, involved uh, illicit sexual intercourse, according to Thayer. That's and, a, that's the way Chris in Atlanta defined it for you. Okay, uh, is that what he got, Chris? Yeah, he said it means uh, illicit sexual intercourse, homosexuality, bestiality, incest. I think a, a very literal definition of the word means illicit or unlawful, unauthorized sexual contact. Okay, I, I believe it requires contact between. Now, we mentioned the word pornography. Pornography is immoral. Right. Certainly, it's sexual and it's immoral, but it's it's not pornea. Okay. And so I I just think we want to be a little bit... I've just brought up this point to make sure that when we're reading these newer English translations, we Mm -hmm. don't come up with a faulty conclusion. One of the things, and we're not here to talk about divorce and remarriage tonight, but one of the things that's come up several times, maybe a a wife finds her husband viewing pornography on the Internet. Mm -hmm. Oh, of course, she's she's rightfully, absolutely disturbed by that. Right. So she's going to file for divorce because she says he's committed sexual immorality. Matthew 19.9 says, Whosoever shall put away his wife, accept it be for pornea, fornication. Mm -hmm. The newer versions are saying, accept it be for sexual immorality, and marries another, commits adultery. So you've got to have the the cause of pornea Mm -hmm. to put away a spouse lawfully Mm -hmm. and have the right to remarry. Well, some some folks are saying, well, I caught him him looking at... Pornography on the internet, that's sexual immorality. I'm going to divorce him and marry somebody else. It's not what the word means. The word involves sexual contact. And uh, I think Chris is right when he includes things like illicit sexual intercourse between mm-hmm. a man and a woman, but also homosexuality, 
bestiality, incest, all of those would involve sexual right. contact. That's what pornea is. And so uh, I think that uh, we, we should get a heads up. If you're reading a newer English translation, I really think that the translation sexual immorality is too broad. Uh, sexual immorality covers a lot of things, and they're all sinful, but, right. it's, but it doesn't fit the definition of pornea closely and enough. I you're think. not minimizing or justifying any of the uh, any sexual immorality in general, no, pornography or anything else. You're not saying that you're not trying to make it less uh, sinful or, or condemn it less. You're just saying that the definition of pornea needs to be limited in uh, in its application. Exactly right. Okay. Uh, uh, now, again, we're talking about all forms of sexual immorality, okay. including right. fornication. Okay. Uh, in our in our study tonight. Okay. All right. So we've defined terms. We've laid the groundwork, and uh, we're off to the races. Oh, so the second question that we've got is, what do you think are some of the devastating effects of sexual immorality? We we'll look forward to your comments in the chat room if you'd like to sign. If you'd like to be anonymous tonight, it's simple to do that as well. Just accept the username that the, the chat uh, software gives you, and you can chat anonymously tonight if you'd like to submit some of your uh, comments on what are the devastating effects of sexual immorality. Chris in Atlanta says it destroys families. It can split apart marriages, which has a devastating effect on children. Divorce touches so many more people than just the husband and wife. Sexual immorality also puts your soul in jeopardy of hell. The Bible is clear on this. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 through 8, and 1 Corinthians 10, verse 8. All right. I think Chris is right on. Chris is a a great participant in the virtual Bible study yes. every week. We always appreciate him. We're going to try to get him on the, on yes, the program. We, are, we want to hear his Chris, voice. if you're listening, we're coming after you, buddy. You're going to have to get on the program with us. Yeah, you maybe, uh, if, you don't, if you don't want to come on the program, you can hedge that off by just sending us a little blurb that telling us if you like the virtual Bible study that we can play it after our break. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I think he's right. Certainly, it destroys families. Mm-hmm. Uh, divorce is, is, is a terrible thing when marriages fall apart because of sexual immorality, mm-hmm. specifically when, when we're talking here more specifically about fornication. Right. Uh, of course, it, it wrecks lives, husbands and wives. Certainly the children suffer mm-hmm. when that happens. Mm-hmm. And I think Chris is right when, when he comments about the fact that it has a, such a devastating effect, not just on the two people involved, but on others as well. You know, it's really a selfish thing. If you think about a man who goes out and cheats on his wife, for instance, right. for a moment of gratification, he's willing to jeopardize the well-being of lots of other people. Right. It's just a terribly selfish thing and so foolish and short-sighted, but it, it is devastating to families for sure. You know, in Malachi chapter 2 in the Old Testament, we get, we get God's attitude toward that. It says, you may remember that verse, it says that he hates divorce, mm-hmm. but uh, he talks about the the uh, sort of what's behind that. He says, the, uh, this is Malachi 2.16, the Lord, the God of Israel, saith that he hateth putting away, other versions will say divorce, for one covereth violence with his garment, saith the Lord of hosts, therefore take heed to your spirit that you deal not treacherously. The previous verse says, let none deal treacherously against the wife of his youth. I mean, it's, it's just a violation of uh, the, the closest relationship that can exist be- between humans. It's, it's a breaking of vows and promises. Mm-hmm. It, it's, I really think that there's, there's nothing you could do to a person that would be more hurtful than a spouse cheating 
on his right. on his mate. All right, and uh, and 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 your children as well. Yeah, and potentially your children. It's, it's, it's just a huge betrayal. Yeah. Right. All right. There's there's a couple other things that I want to mention along the lines of what are some of the effects of sexual morality. But uh, get in the chat room. Tell us your thinking. Uh, let's run to a break here, Jacob. We'll catch some more right. of this. When, when we get back. back, what are some of the devastating effects of sexual immorality? Sign in the chat room tonight and send your comments in there. Get on the phone and let us know your thoughts there. And then uh, we got to get into an important discussion is how can we uh, – what are some things that increase the temptations? And then we'll get into some things to avoid. So that's as the program goes along. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Have you checked out all of the resources on collegeview.com lately? Check it out now while you listen to these important messages. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. Tonight on Channel 8 WSIN, it's TV like you've never seen it before. Starting at 8, it's TV's funniest new comedy, Fornication in the City, and Marie has been misbehaving again. Guess what? I just cheated on my husband. He doesn't even know about it. (laughs) And then at 8.30, it's the show that's setting the standard. You won't want to miss this week's I Love This World, where Bob makes a great announcement. Well, I think it's time you knew the truth. I'm gay. (laughs) And at 9 o'clock, it's the show that Television Magazine has called the number one drama for murder and violence. You won't want to miss this week's In Cold Blood to see who will be the next to be gunned down. It all starts tonight at 8 o'clock on Channel 8 WSIN. I'm Greg Gwynn, reminding you that sin is a terrible thing and that those who are entertained by watching others sin fall under the condemnation of God that is mentioned in Romans 1.28. Be careful what you watch on television, because in spite of what the devil wants you to think, sin is always sin, and it's never funny. Here's some quotes worth pondering. Even if you have pains, you don't have to be one. You should never imagine that you know too much to learn something new. Attitude is a little thing that makes a big difference. It is the neglect of timely repair that makes rebuilding necessary. A man is the product of his thoughts. What he thinks, he becomes. There are two options regarding commitment. You're either in or you're out. There's no such thing as life in between. Time is free, but it's priceless. You can't own it, but you can use it. You can't keep it, but you can spend it. Once you've lost it, you can never get it back. Man, wish I'd said that. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. The virtual Bible study continues. We welcome you back on the virtual Bible study tonight. We appreciate you for being here, and we appreciate you if you're listening to us live, because you could be listening to something else live. But, uh, well, hopefully this will be more profitable, and we're glad that you're here tonight as we talk about sexual immorality, the terrible sin, and uh, the... uh, uh, the abundance of it in our society and how we can deal with it and how we can avoid it. So we're talking about that on the program tonight. Thank you. When we're talking about the effects of sexual morality, we already talked about how it destroys lives, you know, families, husbands, wives, children, right. and others in the family. You know, right. not, even more extended families are, are right. really hurt. You know, parents and grandparents are, are, you know, really seriously and sadly affected by the sin. One of the things that we don't talk about much anymore, it used to be a big deal. People talked about the potential bad physical health effects mm-hmm. of, of not uh, uh, being moral, mm-hmm. being sexually immoral. Right. You know, there used to be 
some very bad diseases that were carried through sexual contact. Well, they came up with some drugs that fixed those things. People didn't have to worry. That sort of is what generated the free sex movement of the 60s. They'd come up with drugs that would cure certain venereal diseases. And so free sex just sort of became the byword in the hippie generation. There was no more inhibition. A lot of the inhibition was gone. But, you know, there have been, and I'm not totally up on the medical aspects, but there have been a number of new sexually transmitted diseases that have become very rampant in our society because of how people have given themselves over to sexual immorality. There's a reason why you're not up on those. Purposefully. You know why you don't have to worry about them. Right. Exactly right. But, I mean, there are a number of such things. And in the book of Proverbs, chapter 5, verse 11, the wise man of Proverbs was talking about such sins, warning his son to avoid these things. He says in Proverbs 5, verse 3, for the lips of a strange woman drop as honeycomb, so on and so on and so on. Gets down to verse 11. Thou shalt mourn at the last when thy flesh and thy body are consumed and say, how have I hated instruction and my heart despised reproof. There was a warning there. There are going to be physical effects of these acts of immorality. And it's still true. You know, we think we've come so far. But the fact of the matter is there are still serious physical health consequences to sexual immorality. And a person is foolish to ignore that reality. All right. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. You know, it does have devastating effects. But sadly, in our society, there's less of a stigma associated with these sins now and even with the diseases and the other consequences that go along with them. Exactly right. I think you're right. But by far and away, the most serious thing, as was mentioned in Chris's email, is that it puts your soul in jeopardy of hell. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. In that list of sins that's going to keep you out of heaven are adultery and fornication, but also the sins of homosexuality, the King James translates them as effeminate and abusers of themselves with mankind. All right. And Chris, in his email, referenced 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 3 through 8, where we read, For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor, not in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles which know not God, that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter, because the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also have forewarned you and testified. For God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. He therefore that despiseth, despises not man, but God, who hath given, also, who hath also given us unto us the, His Holy Spirit. All right. Um, the the works of the flesh, another list of sins that includes sexual sins. The works of the flesh, Galatians five nineteen, are manifest, which are these: adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, and revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I've also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not mm-hmm. inherit the kingdom of God. Right. And then one I think that is just so very plain, Jacob, Hebrews thirteen verse four. 
Marriage is honorable in all and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. God God has given us sexual desires Mm -hmm. and given us a legitimate means to fulfill those desires, which is in our best interest. Right. And if we follow his plan, then we'll be blessed. If we don't, we'll be judged. It's just as plain as that. All right. Um, I was one more thing, Jacob, that uh, maybe we should comment about. One of the devastating effects of sexual morality is the fact that you personally have to live with the memory of what you've done. Right. And I've known some people who've just been absolutely devastated in their lives because they couldn't get past the memory of their own wrongdoings in regards right. to these things. Right. You know, King David seemed to be really plagued with that. Yeah. We, we often reference Psalm 51 when when David talked about, uh, and everyone agrees that he was surely talking about his sin with Bathsheba there. Uh, he said, uh, I, in verse 3, Psalm 51, I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. He, yeah. he never got past the yeah. memory of knowing what he had done. Yeah. If you ask David, was it worth it, uh, you'd get a resounding no. Uh, not uh, not at all, and uh, we should uh, learn from his mistakes. Eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven questions at collegeu.com. In the chat room, Patrick says the availability and effectiveness of modern contraceptives have had more to do with the explosion of sexual prom- promiscuity than anything else. And I think that's probably right. You know, I was talking about how there was this explosion of free sex because the consequences of sexually transmitted diseases were diminished back in the 50s, right. especially the 60s. But also contraception, right. effective, more effective means of contraception were invented. Uh, we've never really gotten into that. I don't know if it's appropriate in the Virgin Bible. I, I think Patrick, Patrick's a Catholic, so he'd be against all forms of contraception. I'm against a lot of them because I think they're abortifacients. That is, a lot of the, a lot of the contraceptives do not just prevent the fertilization of a, of a woman's egg, but most of them, many of the birth controls, pills and so forth, actually cause, if, if an egg becomes fertilized, it causes that egg to be spontaneously aborted by right. the woman's body. Right. And and I think that you, you got there's got to be moral implications of that. Okay. And yeah. by the way, that, that, that's enough said, but it, anybody who's never heard that before, you need to do a little research about that. An awful lot of birth control pills have serious moral implications for the Christian. Patrick would be against contraceptions of all kinds contraceptives of all kinds but if you if you if you don't take the same position he does and i don't necessarily take the same position he does but you got to look into that if you've never it's, looked into that you got to look it's into the that. dirty little secret of the uh of the uh birth control uh devices that are available today yeah. uh but you don't have to search very far to get underneath the surface and find out what they're all about and they they the manufacturers will admit exactly. the effect uh, that their uh, drugs have, and so you should check that out if you're if you ha- have not checked that out already. Eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. Patrick's uh, uh, comment about things that would lead to an explosion of sexual immorality really leads us to our next question: What are some of the things that increase the temptations toward? sexual immorality all right uh let us know your thoughts about that tonight if you would we look forward to hearing from you on that some things that increase the temptations uh let's take uh, chris has chris. sent us an email okay. he says watching inappropriate television shows choosing the wrong friends unrestricted access to the internet 
Bottom line is if you put yourself in the wrong situation, you may very well fall into sin. Young people especially need to be aware of this when they are dating. Parents should ensure that they are not left alone in the house or in a room behind closed doors and so forth. Man, there's a lot of information yeah. there in what Chris has said. Let's start out. We're almost up to uh, our, our mid-hour break. But uh, he, he mentions watching inappropriate television shows and unrestricted access to the Internet. Right. And we could add to that the movies, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, we, we could add to that printed media. Mm-hmm. The devil's got a, as we've said many times in the virtual Bible study, the devil's got a whole new bag of tricks right. that he can use to tempt people. Mm-hmm. You, you think back, really, television itself and the movies, those are those are effectively new inventions. Right. I mean, just within the last few generations, last hundred years, a hundred years ago, nobody had a television set. There were, if there were movies, they were, you know, uh, silent movies. Maybe I don't even know if they had silent movies a hundred years ago. If they, it, maybe they did. I'm not sure when those came along. I don't but, know. But all of this is brand new stuff. The internet. They didn't make a lot of noise when they came out. Twenty years ago, right. nobody had the internet. Right. Uh, and just think about how all of this moral filth is just now. There's this capacity to just pump this out, and right. people are just soaking it up like sponges. And if you allow yourself to be exposed to that, sooner or later you're going to act upon what you've allowed your mind to think about. Well, and you might also add to that innocent television shows and innocent printed media and innocent uh, Internet sites. The devil has his angles on those, too, with the advertisements that he can uh, oh, yeah. that he can. If you're watching a, a so-called decent television show, yeah. then an ad will pop up. And how many of us have had the unfortunate experience of trying to search for something legitimate on the internet and a and a ugly ad will pop up right right uh so for sure all right yeah anthony? i was just gonna say that the know, anthony cam anthony don't oh, forget yeah the anthony. well I, i'm anyway well maybe next time oh, okay. but, uh, um yeah i mean with each advent of each new technology it you know some of the first people to adopt it are are those who are propagating the you know the the pornography and so forth you know uh, TV, film, internet, and even with you know with cell phones, and now you know we've got it's not texting, it's sexting, and so every little technological advance presents a new weapon for for Satan to you know to get at us from that angle, and we we really need to be aware of that. Yeah, I haven't looked recently, but uh, in times past I've seen statistics that indicate how much what a, per, a high percentage of the content on the internet. Is is perverted sexual stuff? It, it shows you the state of mankind and our and our society. Uh, really, it's just yeah. uh, it's a very very bad commentary on the. On the so state. so first thing, and there, there's other things we want to talk about, but the first thing that certainly increases the temptation is exposure to these kind of okay. things: TV, movies, internet, printed okay. media. Okay, all right. Let's go to a break, and then we'll get more thoughts on the other side. What are some things that increase the temptations to commit sexual immorality, and then? In the next uh, segment, we'll get into things we can do to avoid uh, sexual immorality, and that will be a, hopefully a large discussion, a long and lengthy discussion with your comments and your questions at questions at collegeview.com. Don't go anywhere. We'll continue after this week's bullet point. These guys are doing all of the talking. We need to hear from you. Call in now. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. This is Greg Gwen with this week's bullet point. 
If you were arrested and facing a trial, you'd want to hire the best lawyer available. You'd want one that had experience in criminal proceedings. It would be even more helpful if you could find one with personal knowledge of the judge who would try your case. He would then be able to advise you about how you should act in the courtroom, how you should dress, and any other particulars that might help you get the most favorable ruling from the judge. All of us are facing a certain and real judgment. Hebrews 9.27 says it's appointed unto men once to die, and after this the judgment. This will be the most important of all trials, for it involves our eternal souls. Thankfully, we know about the judge. Based upon this knowledge of him, we can prepare ourselves to stand before his judgment. Consider this. First, he's a just and all-knowing judge. With a human judge, you might hope to offer a bribe or to hide the truth from him. That will not happen with this eternal judge. Secondly, he judges by an absolute standard. Some judges interpret the law differently than others, and some refuse to uphold every element of the law, but the Lord will judge us all by the final and complete authority of his word. Third, he will judge each one of us based upon our own deeds. Our system of justice in this world is based upon the presumption that some crimes are worse than others. If we can convince the judge that our violations aren't as bad as those of others, we might hope for a lesser sentence. But in the final judgment, we will not be able to benefit by comparing ourselves to others or by pointing out people who are supposedly worse than we are. Fourth, extenuating circumstances won't be allowed as a defense with this judge And finally, his judgment will be final. There'll be no appeal process. So now you know the judge and his methods. Prepare yourself for final judgment. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. Hello, my name is Kent Bumgardner. My family and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. Please join us. Missed a recent virtual Bible study program? Listen to any of our past programs from the archive section of our website. Now, back to the virtual Bible study. We're back on the program tonight, and we look forward to hearing from you at 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com as we discuss sexual immorality. We'll remind you this program is brought to you by the, Vir- by the College View Church of Christ at Columbia, in Columbia, Tennessee. You can find out more about us by visiting our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com, and find out about a sermon podcast that you can get there as well. We can hear a lesson that was presented uh, this, the previous week at uh, the College of Church of Christ. Uh, join uh, the, and listen and subscribe to the, the sermon podcast there at uh, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. We're talking about sexual immorality tonight. Some of the things that increase the temptation, we're going to have to move a little more quickly here, Jacob, but uh, Chris in his email suggested choosing the wrong friends. Absolutely right. Young people in particular are prone to this danger. And, and it, uh, it removes some of the restrictions, the, the inhibitions, or the. Uh, no, in other words, if if I'm with good people who are right. not inclined to do this sort of thing, yeah. then I won't be tempted to do it right. either. But if I'm around bad people who right. are, are who are pushing right. me to engage in this sort of right. thing, what are you, some kind of weirdo? Yeah. Like so kind of wrong goody-goody? friends for young people, but I mean, older people too. If uh, an older person, here's here's a, a middle-aged married man. Right. But there's maybe at work there's this woman who's who's right. flirting with him. Right. He needs to avoid her. Right. He needs right. to. You, you got to stay around, away from, and cannot afford to be around people who right. are going to present those temptations. So right. in, you know our personal relationships, people we are, people we know, people we might associate with, are certainly things that can lead to temptation. Okay. Uh, if bottom line, if you put yourself in the wrong situation, you may very well fall into sin. Uh, again, he's, he's saying you got to keep the door shut there. You don't want to put yourself in a place where things could uh, could happen. And I like his point that parents need to be really active in ensuring that right. their young people are not put into uh, 
dangerous, tempting situations. Right. I, I, sometimes I just scratch my head and think, what are these parents thinking right. to let their kids do this sort of thing? You know, uh, there's always been high school dances, I suppose. Now there's middle school and grade school dances. People are pushing their young children yeah. to, to, to develop interest in the opposite sex at an earlier and earlier age. And I, I tell you, I just think it's so ridiculous. It's like pouring gas on a fire. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you think you're doing there? you got a, you got a uh, an adolescent child, and you're trying to, to excite their sexual passions at that age, and it's going to be years before they can legitimately fulfill those desires? What are you doing, parents? Yeah. Yep. Wake up. Use your head. All right. All right. You're you're exactly right. Well, soap, uh, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to break. I'll get the soapbox out if you want it. You can get on it. Uh, Patrick says, I really think the anti-marriage attitude of modern society has a lot to do with the propagation of sexual immorality. Right, right, right. right. Even among Christian parents who may think they have their children's best interest in mind, I think often endanger their children by uh, dissuading them from getting married, usually because they want their children to go to college and start a career. That's, that's right. a good point, uh, I, I, Patrick. I think that's right because human beings are are made by God with certain sexual desires. Right. And if you don't allow the legitimate fulfillment of those desires, then you're going to really increase the temptation to fulfill those desires illegitimately. Okay. And uh, you referenced Anthony, First uh, Corinthians six eighteen on the Anthony Cam tonight. Yeah. Uh, you know, we were talking about trying not to. You're not not giving opportunity, you know, uh, to yourself to, to do these things, and so you know that that came to mind the idea of fleeing fornication is to get get run away, get very far. It's not you know let's see how close we can get, uh, and let's surround ourselves with sexual uh, things and and expect to be able to. To get through that. All right. And Let, let's go. Patrick goes, but as a result, the children often delay marriage so long for the sake of worldly attainments that they become involved in sexual immorality. Uh, it was very likely. Yeah, it was very likely. Okay, yes. Right. Well, I, the, Anthony's comments segue us real good to the next thing we're okay. going to talk about. Yes. What are some of the things that, uh, or excuse me, uh, what are things that a person can do to avoid sexual immorality? Since it is so prevalent in our society and since it is not carrying very much stigma anymore, what are some things that we can do to avoid sexual a- immorality? Anthony has suggested already you got to flee situations yes. where it is likely to happen. We're right. going to talk right here at the end of the program. We'll, we'll talk about Joseph's example, right. fleeing from temptation. But that's what we've got to do, and the, and the Scriptures tell us that we ought to do that. Second Timothy chapter two, verse twenty-two. Second Timothy two twenty-two. Paul said to Timothy, who was a young man himself, if I can get my Bible open there. He yeah. said, "Flee also youthful lust. Mm-hmm. Follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Flee from these situations. Not at Anthony, as you said. I think you're spot on. Not see how close you can get without sinning, but." But stay far away from those situations that would yep. cause you to be tempted to do this sin. You know, if uh, we had a rattlesnake, uh, we talked with a preacher who liked to have rattlesnakes in his presence, but none of us that, that uh, well, use much good, good sense want to have one in our presence. How many people would bring a rattlesnake into the living room and put it and you know, put it up on the entertainment center? Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, hey, uh, I'll keep an eye on that rattlesnake. Uh, I'm not going to let that rattlesnake bite me. None of us would let the rattlesnake get that close. Uh, we would we wouldn't let it get past the door, and uh, and uh, yet that's what we're doing. We're or, bringing it in. And or another illustration: if you were up in the mountains, and there was a sharp drop off, a cliff with a sharp drop off, yeah. 
You don't just walk out there. Let's, let's, let's attempt the thing to see how close you can get without falling over the edge. Let's play football here uh, on the on the top of this uh, cliff here and yeah. see if we can have some fun. You remember, Jake, we used to hike in the Smoky Mountains when we lived in East Tennessee. And you remember that place called Charlie's Bunyan? Yeah. Man, you can you, you can. If, I laid down on my belly so I could just look over the edge of that because I I wouldn't dare stand near yeah. the edge of that. But I mean, a straight drop off of several thousand feet there, maybe two, three thousand feet. You don't walk out to the edge of something like that and just see how how close you can get. You stay back. And that's what we're saying about these kinds of sins. Don't see how close you can get. Flee fornication right. uh, is what Paul told Timothy, 2 Timothy 2.22. Um, I, I tell you another thing. I, I think a statement in Romans 13 that is so powerful. We need to think about it. Romans 13 Verse 13, beginning, let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envy, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Mm-hmm. Don't make provision for the flesh. In other words, don't don't keep opportunities open. You can open that door if you want to. You can right. go there if you want to. You know, I, I think about... Uh, uh, what some people have access to on their TVs at home by way of cable or satellite. They subscribe to these movie channels. And I understand you can get just any kind of X-rated nasty thing on there that you want. Well, it's there. Right. I don't usually watch it, but I might sneak over there and see what's going on, you know. That's making provision for the flesh. And and you're you're gonna fail if you if you do that. Well, then that leads me to a verse that I was gonna mention, Matthew five verse twenty nine. If thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee, for it is profitable that one of thy members should perish, and not the whole body should be cast into hell. Uh, if these things are causing us a problem, we we've got to get rid of them. And there is absolutely no reason why we should keep something around uh, that would be a temptation to us. Uh, again, we're playing with fire, and we need to realize and see sin for what it is. And if it's causing us a problem, get rid of it. If it was a physical thing, if if, if there was some type of physical device in your house uh, that you were constantly running into and bloodying up your face or bloodying up your, you know, you, maybe it's a, a table in the middle of the, of the living room, and every uh, once a week you walk into it and you stump your toe and your toes toenails falling off, how many times would you stump your toe on it before you said, that table's got to go? Yeah. I'm going to get rid of it. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we do that with physical things, but we don't do it with spiritual things, and we need to, we need to start practicing yeah. it. You know, of course, if we're talking about things that, can, that, that we can do to avoid sexual morality, one, is, one thing that I mean, is so obvious we may overlook it is, that is find a uh, suitable spouse. Mm, yeah. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, uh, verse 2, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife, and let every woman have her own husband. Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence, and likewise also the wife to the husband. So, you know, God's given us an avenue. Yeah. We we can use it. Yeah. Uh, and and so, that's that's a very appropriate thing. And as we already referenced, Hebrews thirteen four, marriage is honorable in all, and the bed is undefiled. This is a good thing. God's given that for our blessing, and we should we should pursue that. I just don't recommend calling your spouse suitable. I'm not sure that would really play that well. Anthony, it might, it might get you into trouble. Yeah, that might not fly too well on yeah, a yeah. Valentine's card. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You <laughs> are my a suitable wife. Yeah, she's suitable for yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Patrick in the chat room has some shocking uh, the, the revelations here. He says, I know a woman from a Facebook group, a, rel- a friend of a relative, 
She stated that she has two daughters, and when her daughters turn 12, she intends to get them on contraceptives. This is the uh, demented mentality of modern society. People say 12-year-olds are too young to marry, so the answer they offer is to put teenagers on contraception so they can fornicate without consequence, supposedly. That is crazy. I agree with you, Patrick. That is just so sad. What in the world are you, what world are you inviting there? Because, okay, so, so this woman's going to prevent her daughters from becoming pregnant. But she's not dealing at all with the emotional and spiritual train wreck that she's yeah, causing. Right. I, I, my 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 daughter's twelve. I'm just I'm going to give her a gun. Yeah, I don't want her to use it, but I just want to. I'm just going to give her a gun. Yeah. Why not? I actually think what that woman's doing is more dangerous than giving right, her a gun. Right. But you wouldn't do that with it. No. You know, you, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, and Anthony, you mentioned that now that people are wanting the government to pay for these contraceptives. Right. Uh, Patrick says he has done some research on that and is shocked how common that that concept is to give these adolescent children contraceptives to prevent pregnancy. All right. Uh, All right. Let us us know your thoughts. So um, uh, what what, what have we covered here? We've covered – I had a list of several things. Why don't we take a break and get some more things together? And and then our last – our last point is let's comment real quickly about what we can learn from Joseph and David, maybe some other Bible characters. Too. And I don't know. Maybe the, the debate must be getting good because we're losing people. Yeah, we're, we, got a, we got one of the smallest crowds tonight we've had in a long right, time. Right. Oh, it's got to be that we got to keep our listeners here. What are you going to do about my taxes? Huh? <laughs> Come on. I don't yeah. believe what you're saying, mister. <laughs> no, and, uh, time, no, 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 no. Your no, time's no, no, up. No. Right, well, just a minute. <laughs> time's <laughs> up. Next question. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. We'll be back right after this. Enjoying the virtual Bible study? Email a friend during this break and tell them to join in on the discussion. There's more exciting Bible study after this commercial. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. It's estimated that 75% of religious persecution in the world is directed toward those who identify themselves as Christians. And in those countries where identified Christians are being persecuted, 66% say the persecution is getting worse. That information is via National Review Online. In the word of God, we read Matthew 10, verse 22. Ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. Hello, my name's Jeffrey Vernon. I'm 13, and this is the Virtual Bible Study. That was me five years ago. Now I'm 18, and I still love listening to the Virtual Bible Study. Share your comment with the world. Call in now and be a part of the Virtual Bible Study. Now, back to the program. We're back on the program tonight, and we welcome your comments as we go to the top of the hour talking about sexual immorality, the terrible sin that it is, and uh, the rampant uh, frequency with which we see it in our society among those that we know, sadly our friends and our relatives as well. Real quickly, we're talking about things that we can do to avoid sexual immorality. We've talked about several good things. I would add, Jacob... uh, that we should be try to be around good people, okay, and use prayer and Bible study to gain yep. the spiritual strength yep. we need to resist these yep. attempts. I don't think we've read Chris's email. On that. No, we have not. Uh, he says we need to be busy focusing on and doing spiritual things. We need to study the Word and have a regular prayer life. We need to be careful what we allow into our houses and minds in regards to movie, television, and video games. We also should choose our fr- close friends with care. So similar things to what you have said, as usual, Chris. Chris, uh, You know, I remember once several years ago, a woman in the church told me, she she says, I'm really concerned. She said, my son has a TV in his bedroom, and he keeps the door closed. And I go by, and I listen, and I can hear what he's watching. And it really concerns me. He's watching bad stuff on TV. (laughs) I just wanted to, I just, I, I just almost fell out. 
Why on earth are they? Why would a parent allow that? Right. I mean, that's that's like the rattlesnake, Jacob. Now they've moved the rattlesnake into their son's room. Right. You know, and they're letting and they're letting the snake just have free reign. In the, yeah. You wouldn't do that. Why? I said, get the TV out of there. What are you doing? And she said, well, he paid for it with his own money. Yeah. So I know he bought his own poison. So we're gonna let him drink it. Yeah. So, so she was she she didn't feel like she had any jurisdiction then since he did it with his own money, right? I guess. Would the same be true for drugs or alcohol? Well, he bought them with his own money, so I guess That's he just, gets to uh, use parents. I'm gonna tell you, some parents are gonna be held eternally uh, accountable for allowing such things, uh, and and you can really get me on a subject fast. We talk okay, about we parents with, uh, un- allowing their kids unrestricted access to TV and unrestricted access, unsupervised access to the internet. Right. I'm going to tell you, you do that, and it is not maybe. It is definite. They are going to be looking at stuff they shouldn't look at. What? Yeah. Where's your brains? Well, you, you got to get over that. Yeah. Okay. You're right. All right. We've got to we've got to see this for the danger that it is, and uh, and stop uh, playing around, and uh, take the necessary actions. Eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. Questions at collegeview.com. Anthony, your thoughts, your comments. Um. Nothing right Nothing's now. Nothing's coming to oh, mind. Oh, come on. Right it's all right. Okay. All right. All right. Let's go to this last one. We've got just a few minutes left on the virtual Bible study. And, and of course, we could talk for a long time about, first of all, the example of Joseph in Genesis 39. Then we're going to go to King David in a minute. But if, if you look in Genesis 39, everybody, I think, remembers that story of Joseph. He was sold into slavery. His, his brothers were jealous of him. They sent him as a slave into Egypt. He became a slave of a man named Potiphar. Uh, of course, Joseph was an excellent young man. He did well. Potiphar promoted him in his household. Yes. He was he was in charge of everything in Potiphar's household. Potiphar's wife tried to tempt him to commit sexual mm-hmm. immorality. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when it happened, uh, it says, uh, it came to pass, Genesis 39, verse 7, after these things that Potiphar, that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Behold, my master, what if not what is with me in the house? And he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in the house than I. Neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And it came to pass, as she spake to Joseph day by day, that he hearkened not unto her to lie with her, or to lie by her, or to be with her. And it came to pass about this time, Joseph went into the house do his business and there was none of the men in the house there within and she caught him by his garment saying lie with me and he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out oh the story goes on of course and now he's he's refused her a final time she lies about him says he forced her right and so joseph gets thrown into jail unjustly and languishes there for a long time but think about the situation and you know again we think we've come so far this story is Close to 4,000 years old. Doesn't sound that much different than the kind no, of things that happen in our day, time, right. day and time. Right. Uh, you know, people today didn't invent sex. It's been around for a long time. I, sometimes I, I wonder, do people think that they're the first ones who ever thought of this stuff? Yeah. I mean, sex has been around for a long time. People have been doing perverted sexual things for a long time. Potiphar's wife was like many in our world today. She right. was given over to this sort of thing. She wanted to have sexual relations with Joseph. But Joseph was determined not to do that. And it, it's clear that he had his defenses up from the get-go. And he, he talked about his loyalty to his master, but he also talked about his loyalty to God. Yeah. And, you know, 
I think if we would keep in mind God of heaven, yeah. the God who gives us all that we have, who's blessed us so abundantly through his son, Jesus Christ, who loves us so much, how could we do this great sin against God? Yeah. We need to remember that. All right. And we see a strong defense from Joseph, never never wavering, never uh, cracking that door open. The, the door was closed from the start, and it's where it stayed. And that's yeah, why you gotta have, You've got to have your defenses up ahead of time. Right. You can't right. wait till you can't allow yourself to be put into the moment of temptation. Be constantly exposed to the temptation and not have your mind already made up. You're not going to engage in those things because you will fail. Notice the, the temptation of Potiphar's wife was not just once, mm. but it says day by day. She kept on, kept on, kept on. And of course, a lot of times when when we face temptation, it sort of wears us down. It didn't wear Joseph down. He he remained strong. Finally, when the temptation became so strong, she was so determined, she grabbed hold of him. Mm-hmm. He had to shed his coat and run out. Right. You know, that was that was the only... Well, he did a, a courageous thing to literally run away. To, we talked about fleeing from fornication. Here, he literally fled. He ran out to get away yeah. from the temptation that this woman was posing to him. we got to have that same courage to... Get away from dangerous and spiritual And one situation. could probably uh, uh, surmise and make the argument that he probably knew there would be some ramifications for refusing her. Uh, he probably uh, he could have uh, had some foresight into that, and uh, he definitely did have to pay the price for that. But he was right with God, and that's what we need to understand. And that's we need to be willing to make the sacrifices necessary to be right with God, because that's what our primary objective is. Exactly right. Uh, Chris in Atlanta says Joseph had his priorities in order. I think that's a, a good point. What's most important here? Right. A moment of gratification or being right with God? Right. Okay. A moment of gratification or being true to my master, loyal yeah. to him. Yeah. Uh, so he had his priorities in order. He knew what he needed to He knew that he needed to focus on doing God's will because these temporary pleasures on earth are not worth losing your soul over. Joseph had a true understanding of who God was and had tremendous faith in him. And I think that's Exactly right. Joseph is a great example. Our young people uh, need to be taught examples like that of Joseph in resisting the sin. Uh, again, it's so prevalent, and we, we just hear more and more sad stories about young people who've had their lives wrecked yep. uh, because they weren't strong enough to resist the, the temptation, and their parents weren't doing anything to help them. Yep. And I think as parents, we've got to be very attuned to this. The world is just pumping this out at our kids. And and, and parents who are not engaged, who are not talking about with their children about these temptations, who are not dealing with it, who are not themselves perceptive and helping to shield their children from these temptations, just making a huge mistake. All right, Anthony, the parents' role in uh, protecting their children. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's it's a it's an awesome responsibility. Um, you know, it it can't be it can't be taken too seriously, um, and I you know, it's got to be one of the the greatest uh, concerns of of any parent, and it's up to the parents to provide the right uh, environment for their children. Uh, you know, we've already talked about the access to various media and so forth, and making sure that that's appropriate. Um, and I think that if the parents lay the proper foundation, particularly when it comes to their access to media, their friends, uh, and so forth, that that can can pay you know huge dividends down the road in that child's life as far as their attitude towards uh, you know towards uh, sex and 
uh, and all of that stuff. I think you know that just setting them up for you know for success. And you've got a pretty you got a pretty narrow window there, Anthony. As a parent, you got 10, 15 years where you need to be really on your toes and doing all you can to help your children. If you can get them through that critical period, then their lives are going to be blessed, and your life is going to be blessed. But right. if you are unwilling to do the work, if you're unwilling to meet that challenge, then you're just setting yourself up for a world of heartache and hardship. And, Anthony, you're not to that point yet, but you're not far from it, uh, the dating. Uh, what are you going to do about that? Yeah, the dating thing, I think we could probably do a, a whole uh, program or series of programs on that. And I don't have all those questions answered. I, I'm sure soon I'll probably be looking out for even more advice on on that topic. But I think there's... I think our society, especially those who who maybe have grown up outside of the church or have a more secular upbringing and background, I think we might, those people, and I'm sort of including myself in that, need to take, step back and take a, a clean look at the idea of dating. I think what our society deems appropriate when it comes to teenagers and dating is probably, Real possibly quite a bit away over, from over the line should yeah be. i think yeah. you're right by the way for your admonition uh february 2nd oh, 2012 come. we did a program parents teens and dating uh that was this year uh, yeah that was oh, february sorry i forgot that one <laughs> maybe i was gone maybe so okay. but but it, 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 it as you said anthony it's just such an important thing parents got to think about it so a uh, lot to learn from joseph's example and a lot to learn from david's example and we're gonna have to learn it fast all right david's example what about david king david uh that story is in second samuel 11 and 12 we won't we don't have time to read any of that but you remember he's he he happened to see Bathsheba bathing mm-hmm and instead of turning away from that, he allowed his mind to dwell upon it. Mm-hmm. And then he sent for her. And then he committed the sin of sexual immorality or fornication. Okay. Uh, when, I, mean, I think it's probably in the purest sense unavoidable from time to time we will see things. Mm-hmm. And certainly in our modern culture, because as we've been saying, the media pumps this out continuously. It's everywhere. It's probably unavoidable. If you go to the store, you're going to see immodest clothing and so forth what do you do you got to turn away from that you, you've got to you know uh there's an old expression that i've heard for years you know you can't keep the birds from flying over your head but you can keep from building a nest in your hat uh you know it, it, they're gonna they're gonna we're gonna be exposed to certain things we wouldn't choose to be exposed to but we don't have to dwell upon them. we don't have to let think that our minds be com- uh, uh possessed by right. those kind of thoughts right. okay don't let your mind dwell there Thoughts precede actions. You let your mind dwell on those things, you'll end up doing the wrong thing. So uh, David didn't do that. He let himself dwell upon the thought of it, and then he pursued it. He committed the sin of fornication. Uh, and then, of course, he had to do a lot of things to try to cover it up. Yeah. He lied. He, he tried to get Uriah the Hittite, the husband of Bathsheba, to sin. Then when, when, when he was unsuccessful, he finally had to kill yeah. Uriah. Uh, he didn't have to, but he did. Uh, you know, he committed murder. All kinds of, of terrible snowball effects of the sin of, Dan, of David. Uh, we need to learn from that. I mean, how many times have similar things been imitated? I, I'm not saying that necessarily somebody committed murder to cover up uh, fornication. However, in our day and time, I think people are committing murder by abortion to try and cover up sure. the sin of sexual yep. immorality. Yep. Yep. 
uh, just don't go there. I mean, yeah. it's not worth it. It's, it's, the, the consequences are far too grave. Far more than you want to pay. David is a classic example, according to Chris in Georgia, of how easy it is for a man of God to put himself in the wrong situation and give in to temptation. If it can happen to David, how much more so could it happen to me if I'm not careful and to guard my heart and my mind? And I uh, appreciate, uh, Chris, for that uh, that comment, and certainly it is a true comment. We do have to guard our minds, and we've got to be putting up these guards proactively, Anthony. We've got to take proactive measures to make sure that we keep a pure heart and that we keep ourselves free from this sin. Right. It doesn't happen by accident, so, you know, we need to pay attention to what we're, you know, what we're observing with our eyes, what we're listening to, uh, places we're going, people we're associating with, and uh, take steps to, to prevent those things. All right. All right. Well, we've had an important discussion. I hope uh, we, we had a smaller audience tonight, I think because of the vice presidential debate, but hopefully a lot of people will be able to catch this in the archive forms. And uh, we hope that we'll all be duly warned yeah. and, and renew our resolve to be right in these matters. All right. It is an important discussion and appreciate it tonight, Dad. Thank you for your time and your comments. Thanks, Jacob. And thank you, Anthony, for being here, for your help on the program. No problem. And thank you for joining us on the virtual Bible study as well. We hope you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word. We'll remind you next week we're looking forward to a discussion with the Unitarian Universalist preacher from Nashville. Look forward to her joining us on the program. Look forward to you joining us as well. Until then, in the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word of the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.